Okay. Yeah, don't forget to bring your offering if you have one. You can walk right past me. Okay. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here this morning. Um, Ziggy and Gaby got off yesterday morning, and um, they stopped at Lambert's in Missouri, where they throw the rolls at you. Yeah. Gaby was like, when I was little, I was really afraid to catch it. Now I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, they, they uh, made it to Adrian this morning, and Ziggy just called me a few minutes ago, and I'm like, are you really calling me? I, no, I didn't answer. I'm like, are you really meaning to call me? And he's like, yeah, I thought you guys were done. I said, it's 1130. <laughs> They're an hour ahead of us. So I'm like, honey, Michael's taking the offer. He's like, oh, I'm confused. I'm like, oh my gosh. Here you're telling us not to be on our phones and you're calling me. <laughs> so I am going to say that one more time. If you have a phone, put it up for a little bit. I'm not going to be as long-winded as Ziggy, maybe, but put your phones away just, just for 45 minutes, an hour, and give this time to the Lord today. No, maybe two hours, I don't know. But um, I, um, I know that uh, a lot of you guys know part of my background, but I'm, I'm just going to go over a few things. Um, I grew up in a small town very small town, and I had uh, seven siblings, three sisters and three brothers. One brother of which I lost at the age of 24, he died of Hodgkin's disease um, in 1994 on my birthday. Um, so uh, I, had a, I have a great family, I, I do. My parents were amazing parents. Um, they, uh, they grew up Catholic, and so most of my family, all of my sisters, well, because I'm the, I'm the youngest sister. My brother who passed away was the youngest brother, so he's the youngest boy. Um, and then now I'm the youngest sibling of all the old people. Um, but uh, my parents grew up Catholic, so my siblings went to catechism. Um, my parents, they moved from Texas to Ohio, and they uh, were in the fields. They were picking tomatoes. That's what they did. So they moved to Ohio, and they lived in a small town called Hamler, Ohio, and um, they met Ziggy's grandparents, uh, Grandma Santa, and we call him Papi, which is Condrado, um, but they met Ziggy's grandparents, and you guys know from there what happened. They met Ziggy's grandparents, and they led my parents to the Lord. So when I was very young, um, I uh, went to the Mennonite church. So I grew up Mennonite, because that's where they went to church. I remember being extremely little. I sat on the front row on folding chairs that were metal. And I remember the metal chair being super cold, because I was little. I had a dress on. And my feet just hung at the very end of the chair. So I was very small. So I've been in the Mennonite church most of my life, until I met Ziggy. And um, we, I moved here. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but, uh, so I was there most of my life. There's a lot of things that I was taught, a lot of things that I saw in the Mennonite, uh, church. And you guys know what Mennonites are, right? They wear the little bonnet. And, um, I had some great, amazing teachers in that Mennonite church. I had a, a man by the name of Brother Wise. He taught on healing and it was amazing to hear him talk about healing. Um, then we had, uh, Sister Karina, 
Um, she taught on the gifts of the Spirit, and so did Mrs. T. And I know some of you guys have met Mrs. T. Um, they taught on the gifts of the Spirit. So this Mennonite church believed in speaking in tongues, which is very unusual, but that's how I grew up. But there was a lot of things that were off. You know, when um, <laughs> they didn't believe in chewing gum, and I've got gum in my mouth right now, Lord, forgive me. Um, they didn't like for us to wear jeans um, or shorts. So wearing dresses were what they really wanted us to do. Well, when you live in Ohio in the winter, you don't want to wear a dress to church. You want to wear pants. It's cold. Um, and uh, laughing in church. You did not laugh in church. And uh, you didn't go to the movies. That was like a no-no. And when I started dating Ziggy, that was a huge no-no. You do not date preachers. And I'm like, well, he's got to get married, you know, and... <laughs> Might as well be me. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, was, I remember my aunt coming to me and telling me, you cannot be doing this. And I'm like, what am I doing? You cannot be dating him. I'm like, why? You can't date a preacher. I'm like, oh my gosh. But we're, you know, anyway. So a lot of religious thinking. So with that, um, I'm, I'm going to be coming, um, bringing the word to you from Judges chapter 4. And I'm just going to give you some background because I was reading that, and man, there are some words in there that are very hard to pronounce. My gosh. I even played it so I could hear it, and I'm like, man, those guys say the word so easy. But we're going to be talking in Judges chapter 4. In Judges chapter 4, what happened here is the Israelites, um, they were just doing a lot of stuff that weren't right. And they really angered God. And what they would do is they would anger God, and they would come to God and say, help me. Help us, Lord. Deliver us, Lord. And they kept doing that over and over, and God would deliver them. Then they'd go back, and they'd say, Lord, deliver us. And then they'd, the Lord would deliver them, and then they'd do evil. And then it was just a, over and over and over. So in chapter 4, um, they're talking about uh, Deborah, the prophetess. And um, there is a commander by the name of Sisera who has an army, um, and they have about 900 iron chariots. And um, this, this man was a bad man. He uh, brought a lot of oppression to the Israelites during that time for 20 years. So uh, the Israelites went to the Lord again, and they're like, Lord, help us, deliver us. And so then the Lord is going to do that. But the prophetess Deborah um, went to... Uh, Barak and was talking. I'm just giving you some background, but I am going to read just so you guys know because it's a lot. Um, went to Barak and said, um, are you not going to listen to what the Lord is saying? Pretty much is what she's saying to him. And um, she tells him, you know, uh, you need to do what God is telling you to do and you need to go gather your men and go to Mount Tabor and um, take 10,000 men from the tribe of Neptali and Zebulun. I said that. And um, so Barak is like, Barak, sorry, Barak. I kept correcting it and saying Barak. I always had to keep going back and taking out the C. I'm like, no, it's Barak. Um, <laughs> so he said, I will go if you go with me. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going. What Deborah said to him, well, I'm going to go with you, but this is not going to be for your glory. Because the Lord is going to send a woman. He's going to send a woman uh, to uh, take care of Sisera. So 
With all that being said, we are going to go to verse, um, let me see here, 14. No, 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 wait. I want to tell you a little bit more. So Deborah and Barak left. They go with the men. They fight. And um, the Lord was going to deliver those guys to Barak and deliver, you know, and they were going to win the battle. That's what he was going to do. So they went to the river of Kishon, I think is what it's called. And um, the Lord slew every one of them. Not one man was living. Not one man was living. 900 chariots. So all the drivers of those chariots, all of them were, were killed. And here we've got Barak. Um, so let's go to chapter 14. Or yes, verse 14. Um, <clears throat> and Deborah said, Barak, up, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Is not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord confused and terrified Sisera and his chariot drivers and his army before Barak with the sword. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. Alighted pretty much means he jumped out of his chariot. These words, you know. Um, let's see. He took off on foot. And Barak pursued after the chariots and the army of Harasheth, Hagonim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the sword. Not a man was left. But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazar, and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael came to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. <clears throat> Have no fear. She turned aside, or I'm sorry, he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Give me, a, give me I pray, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened up a skin of milk, and she gave him drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, Is any man here? Tell him no. But Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent pin and a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the pin through his temple and into the ground, for he was in a deep sleep from weariness, so he died. I know that's kind of brutal. <laughs> You think about that now, you're like, yee. Um, but isn't it kind of crazy how hospitable JL was? I mean, she opened up her house, come on in. And not only that, but she gave him somewhere to take a nap, gave him something to drink, covered him. What kind of a person or what kind of a woman, either one, male, female, hides the enemy in, in private while in public claims that she hasn't seen him and everything's all right. What kind of a person does that? <laughs> all of us have done that. All of us have done that. We're the type of people that do that. We, at one time or another, we've entertained the enemy from our souls and we keep, keep it hidden. We let secret sin slip into our thoughts and our attitudes in the way we say things, the way we act. Our attitudes sometimes are just not good. They're bad. They are bad. Um, we allow ourselves to struggle, suffer from Satan's oppression. 
We smile on the outside and we pretend everything's okay. So we all do that. The thing with JL was she did something, she, she changed her mind after she covered, she covered him up. She changed her mind. She determined at that point, I don't owe this man anything. I mean, this man was evil. She didn't owe him anything. She didn't have to hide or protect him. Um, maybe she thought about the fact, and I didn't mention this earlier, but maybe she thought about the fact that her husband was kin, that's the way Ziggy says, descendant, related, <laughs> um, to Moses. So her husband was related to Moses. Maybe she thought about all that, and she thought, you know what? I I'm not going to let this man go. You know, somebody's got to take care of this man right now because he's evil. And she did. She did. She took care of him. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny to think about the fact that here he is resting. He was all nice and cozy, sleeping, thinking everything was cool. You know? Um, and I think that sometimes we do that too. We host the enemy in our life. We just let him come in and we're just, you want something to drink? What can I get you? And there are things in our lives that, that we are afraid to allow the Lord to bring out. And um, <clears throat> we have to use God's word to blow a strike to the enemy that will kill him, that will kill him out of our lives. And just like um, when JL did what she did, she didn't just um, take care of or free herself, she freed a nation by doing what she did. And just like us, if we allow ourselves to let God come in and change those things in us, we free things within ourselves. But gosh, think about that. If I, if I do something that changes me, then I affect my children. I affect my, my husband. Things that happen to, to me that I maybe experienced as a child, then you know, kind of peels or spills out over into how I raise my kids. May, it may not be right, but because I don't allow the Lord to change those things in me, then it kind of spills out and my kids are dealing with things that I dealt with that's not right. So JL, she freed a nation. So we have to be able to allow God to change things in us so that we don't carry that baggage um, with us, it is so very vital for us to identify the enemy and put an end to him. We have to identify him. We can't keep uh, covering him up. And I know sometimes that can be very scary, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. So I think that growing up in the Mennonite church, I put a blanket over a lot of stuff. Like for me, Pastor Ben this week, oh my gosh. I don't think he's like, so what do you feel? And I said, I'm religious. I'm religious. I didn't realize that I was so religious. God, some of the things that God was speaking to me about myself, I just am like, Lord, forgive me for being the way that I am. Laughter for me in church, it was really hard for me because I grew up with that being told that's not okay. So it was really hard for me until I experienced it. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. This is good stuff. You know, so there are things that I grew up with that... Um, that aren't good, that I didn't realize keep me out of God's presence because of how I think, like I was waiting to, to determine if I felt okay about that. Like, 
or if my opinion was important, like it mattered. Like my opinion matters to what God's word says. <laughs> no, or that my feelings, because your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will tell you something that's really not true. You know, that's, that's a part of communication. Zig and I have such a good, now that we've been married 35 years, we, we communicate so well. So when he says something, I'm like, so are you saying this because I'm feeling this? No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, it's making sure because my feelings are telling me something different. So your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will lie to you. Um, but I, um, let me see, hold on. I'm going to tell you guys something that happened to me. I have never said any, my kids don't even know. Um, but when I was young, probably eight to 10, I had an adult touch me, touch me in a way that they shouldn't have. Um, it was very inappropriate. And um, I remember feeling fear and um, knowing that it was really wrong. And then I felt like I couldn't do anything because I was young. I was like eight, maybe nine. I don't know. I just, I just, I knew that this is not right. And um, I never told my parents. Um, I didn't really tell anybody. I, um, went to Ziggy, and um, it was after we were married and we had kids, before I told Ziggy. And um, I, I guess I didn't really um, equate that to some of the things that I had dealt with coming up in the way that I, the way that I am, the way that I handle things, um, even in my marriage. You know, um, I, I guess I didn't really realize that there were things that I had allowed to come into my life um, that I didn't really want to face. So what I had done is I had this blanket that I covered, um, that I used to cover some things. And um, it's not cool. <laughs> um, but, you know, the enemy has come at me um, since I was young. I was almost killed by a train. This is so crazy. It's kind of funny now, but it was not funny then. Um, I was riding my bike and... Um, I, like I said, I grew up in a very small town. We had a railroad track that went through town, and we lived right by the railroad track. And the, the store closed at 7. I mean, it's, back then they had a stoplight. Now they don't even have a stoplight. It's like a stop sign. Um, so it's very, I graduated with 50 people, so it's very small. Uh, farm country. So I'm riding my bike to the store, and I'm just little, by, you know, by riding my bike, thinking this is cool. And I go to crest across the railroad track, and I didn't even look to see if there was a train coming, because they don't have the little things that come down. It's just it's a small town. And the next thing I know, I hear this train blaring its horn at me. And I'm telling you, it's where Marissa was sitting. That's how close it was to me. I didn't never pedaled so fast in my life. <laughs> I pedaled fast. I had to stop and just take a minute, because it was close. It's so close. I've had multiple car accidents. You guys can see I've, had, I've got scars right here where um, I hit the windshield. And then I know that Ziggy has told you guys about the testimony of um, Sister Lucy where we were at a service and Ziggy went up for prayer. I can't remember. I don't even really remember how he got up there. But she says to him, Marianne, 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 three times. And he's like, who's Marianne? I'm sitting back there going, oh, my God, she said my name. <laughs> Um, in this huge church packed, and he said, that's my fiance, because we were engaged at that time. And 
she goes, well, have her come up here. And I had, we had just not long after, before that, I just had the car accident. So I had scars. It was fresh. They were pink. I had some up in my forehead, had a glass in my forehead. It was ugly. So I go up there and um, she said, the devil's been trying to kill you. And I had just come out of that car accident. And man, that kind of scared me. When she said that, I'm like, why is he trying to kill me? I'm nice. <laughs> you know, it's like 18, so maybe 19, because I got married. I was 20. He was 19, because we got married in between our birthdays, 20 days apart. Birthday is the 11th, anniversary is 23rd, his birthday is the 31st. So he was 19, I was 20. So I was 19. And, um, she said to me, um, when I said your name three times, the Lord has stationed three angels around you. So those angels, I believe, are still with me today. Um, and I, I almost drowned one time. Tyler's mom is the one who actually saved me that day. We went to um, Whitewater, and you know that wave? I don't, I don't like it. My, I, I will not put my kids in that thing ever. Because the water, I was not on rhythm with the wave. So every time it went up, I was up instead of me going down. It was, I was off. And Amy, all I know is she grabbed me. I don't know if she grabbed me by my hair, but she grabbed me and she pulled me up. And I was just getting to the point where I was like, I cannot catch my breath. So, um, so there's a lot of things in my life that um, I didn't realize had hindered me um, as a person. And I know because the enemy was trying to shut my mouth. And let me, honestly, um, getting up in front of you guys, I get so stressed out. And I know that is so wrong. I mean, I was up here like, Tammy, please pray for me. Um, but I know the enemy's tried to keep me from doing that, from opening my mouth. So I'm trusting God to put those words in my mouth. So I, I just want to encourage you guys. There might be something in your life that you're trying to cover up. It can be resentment, anger, hatred because of hurts, anxiety, unforgiveness, depression, shame, loss. I know a lot of people have dealt with loss. A sense of justification in how you feel and how you act because of those things. Feeling like you're justified to, and you know, you can reason why I'm justified in feeling this way, but that still doesn't allow the Lord to come into your life and eradicate it. Hurt, fear, pride, busyness. If you are so busy that you can't take time out for God and you're justified in doing that, you cover it. You just cover, I'm busy. So you cover it. It's okay, I'm, I'm busy, but I'm busy. Lord, I know you understand because I'm busy. He's a jealous God. So it's not okay for you to say that you're busy because you know what, we're all busy. But you have to make that time for him. You cannot, you cannot do that. I did that for a long time. Ziggy was gone traveling and I could, I could find any excuse. You could, I could come up with an excuse. I felt like a single mom raising two kids, taking them to church, getting them ready, fed, being on time. I, I get it because I was there. I could find an excuse to not go. 
It's not a good reason. And it's not excusable. You know, um, <laughs> there are, I am not trying to be, oh, I'm a mama. So you know what? You're wrong. Mamas will tell you, you when you're wrong, you're wrong. So if you're so busy that you can't make time for God, stop it. Stop it. So um, you go, I, I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. Because I want you guys to know that when JL did what she did, she covered him in a blanket. But you know what? She killed him. And that blanket was ripped off. So remember this, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that God has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Think about a yoke of slavery. What is slavery to you guys? Think about slavery. You're doing something that you don't want to do. So don't, don't let the, the devil do that to you guys. Um, James 4.7, which is what Pastor Ben was talking about. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Psalms 32, 7, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. So please don't let the enemy come to you or don't keep those secret sins hidden. Don't keep those secret sins hidden. I, I, know, I know it can be something that you're just like, you, you don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell anybody anything, but you can tell him. You know, I only said what I said today about what happened to me because I want you guys to know that God is faithful in delivering you from hurts, from pain, from loss. He is so faithful. He's a good God. Think about the Israelites and how many times he delivered them. Even though they kept going and doing evil, they would come back and say, deliver us. And then he would, and then they would go back and do evil, and then deliver us. And he was so faithful. He's gracious and he's merciful. You can come to it a hundred times because he's a good God. But you know what? There comes a point in time where you've got to say to yourself, I'm done with that. Don't, don't keep that cycle in your life. Do not let that cycle continue in your life. I know that for me, I didn't want that cycle. I didn't, I, there are things that I have done maybe. I probably didn't raise my kids all 100% the best. There are just things that I made decisions on that were wrong, I'm sure. I'm sure of it, but my kids are good and they love the Lord, which is, that's, that's, that's a goal for me. Um, but you have to remember that if you continue to put that rug on top of things, I mean, if you think about that right now, if we were to have a rug right here and we start to push everything under that rug, dirt, all that stuff that we've got, and you keep piling in it, before long, that rug is going to start to have a little hump. And then before you, when you start walking in, you're going to trip over that hump you don't want to do that. You're going to end up tripping. So let's eradicate those things from our life now. It's so simple just to come to him and just spill your guts to him. Um, I was telling Ziggy this last night because um, I was so concerned about this word today because we've been so busy. Um, right before... Uh, we went to threshing floor. We were supposed to go uh, ATV or side-by-side -side riding with Eric and Shelby. Well, that night, Saturday night, um, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning really sick. So I woke Ziggy up at 4.30 in the morning. I said, we got to go to the ER. I'm not feeling good. So we went to the ER. And um, I was not feeling good like the whole week. We had to leave Wednesday to go to Ohio for the threshing floor. 
So we go to the threshing floor on Wednesday. We come back Saturday. Pastor Ben's here Sunday. But we got back Saturday and we had like an hour before we had to meet Pastor Ben and Tammy for dinner Saturday. So then we have revival Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, we went to Ziggy's dad's house to meet family. Then we came here for a meeting with praise and worship team. And Friday, we had dinner with my children to celebrate Ziggy's birthday. So my schedule, and I was working, so my schedule was not um, conducive to coming up with a word. And then Tyler tells me, hey, I'm going to be there Sunday. I'm not preaching in Chickasha. I'm like, you can preach on Sunday. He goes, no. And I'm like, darn it. So I was, I was a little anxious about it. And um, so Sunday we get home, or I'm sorry, Friday we get home from doing our uh, stuff with our kids. And I go, I do some laundry because I got to get some clothes washed for Ziggy. And I go out, I check my pool. I'm doing a couple of things. And then I go straight to the bedroom. I said, I'm going to be in the room. And Ziggy's like, why? I said, I don't have a word. I don't have a word to preach on Sunday. I've got to preach Sunday, and I have nothing. I have nothing, nothing. And he's just looking at me like, okay. And Gaby's looking at me like. So I go to the bedroom. I've got my iPad. I've got the Bible. And I'm just, I just, I don't even know what to do. I'm just like, Lord, tell me something. Gaby walks in. He's like, you got anything? I'm like, son, get out. Just get out. About to lock the door. And Ziggy goes, comes in, he sits down, and he says, um, you don't want me to turn on the TV, do you? I said, no, I do not want the TV on while you're in here, no. He goes, well, do you want me to give you something that you could, you know, like, help you? I said, no, no, I don't. Because at that moment, I'm like, I can do this myself. And I have depended on him so much that it was a crutch. You know, and I'm like, oh, it would have been so easy. But then when he, we were coming back Wednesday, he's like, you can talk on this. And he's telling me, and I said, uh, no, I don't, I don't even get what you just said. I would have to research, and I have, in order for me to get it in my head, I've got to research all what you just said, and I don't get it. He's like, yeah, that's, yeah, I can see that, I can see that. So I'm thinking, God, what am I going to do? So it was kind of funny because I get, I really do get anxious. And when I prepare to come before you guys, I don't take that lightly. And it takes me like a week, two weeks. I'm like, don't, I just need time to get it in my head so that I'm not like stuttering when I'm talking. So I had a day, <laughs> I had one day yesterday. And I got up in the morning, 7.30, because Ziggy and Gaby are making noise. And I have to go run errands. I go do my errands. I come home by 12.30, 1 o'clock. And I turn on my music. I'm in the living room and I thank God nobody was there. And I spent time with the Lord. And um, <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I'm praying, Lord, your word says that if any man lack wisdom to ask you, I'm asking you, God. I have no wisdom. I'm lacking in wisdom. Help me, God. I don't know what to do. Help me, Lord. And that's all I'm praying. And the Holy Spirit's like, go read that verse. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, it, it confirms it, Lord, if any lacks wisdom to guide him through decisions, or, I'm sorry, James 1.5. Through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke and blame, and it will be given to him. 
verse 6 says, but. I just read that first word and I'm like, oh no. There's something with that. (laughs) He must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who is who doubts is like a billowing surge of sea that is blowing about and is tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways and everything he thinks or decides. That was me, that was me yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I am over here like crying out and I wasn't even in faith believing that he would give me the wisdom. And um, it woke me up to it because, man, that's what I've been praying, honestly, probably for weeks, Lord, you know, give me wisdom, give me wisdom. And then I would get in fear about, about getting that wisdom. And the thing is, is that fear, I hate fear. I tell my kids, fear is a bully. And I will always say this, fear is a bully. If you have somebody coming and they are bullying you about something, are you going to let them bully you? No. You're not going to let somebody bully you. But fear, that's what it does. It comes and it nudges you and it nudges you and it nudges you and it tells you things that is not true. So it's a bully. And I hate fear. And I allowed fear to sneak in. And it took root with me because (laughs) I I, I wasn't operating in faith. I wasn't operating in faith. So I am so grateful to God. That was my secret. My secret sin was fear. Do you know what I mean? It's a secret. It was a secret. Nobody, I was over here. Yeah, God's good. God, the Lord is, he's, he's gracious. He's, but then I'm over here. Oh, God, help me. You know? So I learned a lesson yesterday. Not only was he able to bring me a word, but he was able to t- teach me something about trusting him and asking for things and really knowing how to ask and receiving what you've asked for, having that wisdom to get it. I'm so grateful to God because, you know, he's kept me. He's been so faithful to me my whole life. My whole life, he's been faithful to me. He's been good to my husband. He's been good to my children. I mean, look at my son. Never would have guessed that he would love doing praise and worship. He listens to praise and worship every day. He's in his room on his keyboard every day. I can hear him playing every day. We get in the car and I I listen to praise and worship and I've got it in the car. He's like, can we listen to mine? I'm like, it's the same songs. No, mine's better. I'm like, okay, we'll listen to yours. But I'm grateful to God because I prayed over my children as they were little, you know, that God would use them. And so God has been so good to me. But I want to encourage you guys, do not let, don't let these things keep you guys down. If you guys have something that you're dealing with, let God come in. Let him come in and eradicate those things for you. He's so faithful. He's so good. He's not, he, he's, he doesn't, I mean, he'll get on to you. I mean, I got on to last night, but it wasn't a bad getting on to. It was a good, you know, like, oh God, I'm so sorry that I, would, I didn't understand that word. But he's so good to us. He's so faithful and he loves you so much. If you take one step, he'll take another step. If you take one step, he'll take another step. And before you know it, you're in his presence. He's so good. So I pray that God has, has spoke to you guys today. I told you I wouldn't be long-winded. 
But hopefully what I said to you guys really helps you guys to understand how we cannot allow the enemy to come in and, and get that little nook in, like Ziggy says, you know, don't give him that little nail in your house, you know, so that he can come hang his jacket up in your house. So this is house cleaning today. We're going to house clean today. We're going to sweep those things out that don't need to be there. We're going to expose those things that need to be exposed. And we're going to allow God to heal that hurt, that anything, well, whatever it could be. It could be hurt, whatever it is. Things that you might need to turn away from. Things that you allow to have hold on your life. Just like I say, if you have something that you know that will trip you up. Like for me, for a while when I was doing that CrossFit they opened an Andes right on the corner of 150th and Penn. I love soft serve ice cream. Andes, straw Anna with pecans is bomb for me. Strawberry with bananas. I mean, so if I'm trying to lose the weight that I was trying to lose, which I did, I lost 30 pounds doing what I did and I've almost lost all of it. I'm down 23 pounds right now. So um, I'm almost lost, because I had some health problems there. Anyway, but I'm, so when I was doing that, some of the things that I knew tripped me up, Andy's was one of them. Do you think that I, it was best for me to drive by Andy's every day on 150th and Penn? No. I drove a different way just so I could avoid looking at that place because I wanted to turn in. <laughs> so I didn't go that way anymore. I just, I wouldn't go there. I would go a different way until I could overcome that, uh, that temptation. Yes, most definitely. That temptation I had was gone. And uh, honestly, I, I can do without ice cream. I mean, it's nice to have every once in a while. Um, but in or, in, if you have those things in your life, why put yourself through that? Why put yourself through going past that place? Looking at it. Wondering. Why? It's not worth it. It's not worth it to do that. Don't go, don't go down that road. Go a different way. Take a different route. There's a bunch of different ways you can get to your house. You don't have to go one way. So there's a, different, a bunch of different ways you can go. Allow the Lord to to work with you. So Michael, I'm going to ask you if you'll come play because there's no keyboards. <laughs> and um, I'm going to ask some of our elders to come, which there aren't any in here. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Twyla? <laughs> um, Tyler, I'm going to ask you to come too, Debbie. And if you guys need prayer, Again, you guys don't have to confess anything. That's between you and God. You guys can do whatever you need to with the Lord. But if you guys need prayer, just some encouragement. I'm going to ask you guys to come up and just have one of these guys pray with you guys. And, um, but I, if, you, if you're not able to do that here, then go home. Get before God. Amen. Let, him, let him speak to you and talk about those things with him. You know, you can scream about I this, 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 this. You know, I, I'm still working through some of that stuff that happened to me as a kid. Um, but it's not holding me up. I'm just still working through some, some stuff that I've got to get in here that it's, it's not right. 
but my spirit, I know God's healed me. So if you got things, I'm just gonna ask you guys, come up and get some prayer. Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. So if you guys will stand with me, I'm going to pray and dismiss us. Please continue to keep Pastor Zig in your prayers. He is in Adrian, Michigan today, tomorrow. He'll be there till Wednesday and be back Thursday. So pray uh, over the services and for safe travels as he comes back. Um, I know that they're planning to go to Cedar Point one day, which is an amusement park, which is absolutely awesome. Um, but just, just pray for them this week. And um, we will see you guys back on Wednesday for service. And um, so, Lord, I just come before you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, for your word today, God. Lord, I ask that you just continue to work with your people, Lord, and that, Lord, you, be, you speak to them, God. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you go with us this week, God, and that we give time for you, God. The things that we don't normally do, God, that we will change that routine, God, and we make time for you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.